Log Talk Radio. been racing these tracks so long, singing the same old song. He knows every crack in these dirty high banks of Daytona, where hustle's the name of the game, and nice guys don't make the playoffs like T-Rex Jr., there's been a load of compromising on the road of his horizon. And he's going to be where the lights are shining on him. Like a rhinestone cowboy. Austin Dillon just won the race on Sunday at Daytona. Like the rhinestone cowboy. He had to bump Austin Cindric on his way to victory. And now, sadly, he's in the playoffs. As a wasted spot. He's about you ain't kidding. As a, as a toilet paper, well, we won't say nothing else. On the bottom of your shoe. Oh, so race fans, welcome to Race Chat Live. It's Tuesday night. I've got the boys in the house, Craig Moore, Taz Taylor. I'm uh, your head chef, Mr. Christopher Creighton. Cautionel Flaggerford. 
uh, flag of caution. I carry many names, but it's all the same. When uh, you get us three together, you're gonna have us. Uh, we're gonna have a heck of a show. A lot of fun, a lot of laughs, man. Let's get this thing started. Oh, I mean, it's Daytona, right? So, what are the three things you expect from Daytona, Taz? You gotta let him in Maybe the studio, so I'll start. Rex, <laughs> lots of caution yeah. and rain in uh, in okay. uh, late August. Rex and cautions are together, right? So, well, that's one. Uh, rain, that's the other. And awesome racing, right? I mean, the chance of a first-come winner, the chance of a, a, a wild-card scenario, and that's exactly what we got. Anything can happen at this. Uh, I guess anything can happen. That should be number three. Anything can happen, and most of the time it does. Look, I have seen a lot of carnage at these uh, super speedways. <laughs> when I watched the whole field wreck, I, I was literally like, okay, I've seen the the second car on back wreck. I watched Tony Stewart wreck the whole field at Talladega. I've said that many times here. The NASCAR wrecked the whole field. It was It was crazy to see Suarez go to the left and then hard to the right. But he went to the left, and then everybody else kind of went to the right. And it was like the seas parted. And, uh, well, the rest is history. I think I think there was like 10 running cars at the end of the race. I, I have no idea how we can continue to do this style of racing. And Craig Moore, is we wait, uh, is Taz waiting on Taz to get back in the studio? Where's Taz at? I believe so. He accidentally hung up after his awesome rendition of Rhinestone Cowboy. Oh, okay, there he is. Okay, let's bring him back on here. All right, Taz. I mean, the, the question was asked, what's the three things you expect uh, from what we've just experienced? It was wreck, rain, and anything can happen. Well, Daytona, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, we got what we asked uh, for. But I'm hearing a lot of I'm hearing a lot of pushback. Are we are we at the point in time now in racing? Where we no longer want to see this type of carnage. Well, it's ridiculous. Daytona, Daytona's Daytona. I mean, you're going to get anything and everything out of the sun. I mean, heck, I'll go, I'll mention this quick before I forget it. The guys who fin- who started in the back of the race literally finished top five. And somebody, um, I got to find a picture of it. I don't know if you guys ever caught it around on the social medias, but somebody put in bets. Uh, actual bets, I think, on what's that sports gambling site? Was it like Sports King or something yeah, draft like that? King. Draft King. Yeah, there you go. I guess they put in um, the guys who were like 2,000 to 1 odds for like winning the race or yeah. some, some crap, and they put them in the top to finish in the top 10, and he made like almost a million bucks off it. Yeah, 1350 got him $999,000. <laughs> Um, amazing uh, parlay. Uh, but, you know, hey, uh, that's when we say anything can happen uh, at these uh, types of speedways. And, obviously, we've seen that in this in this very race. Um, could NASCAR have done anything different? Yeah, they could have thrown a freaking yellow flag when uh... – 
everybody was yelling rain. I mean, they're pretty much the 2020, they're pretty much the 2022 version of Danica Patrick at Daytona. I mean, there was no reason for that amount of carnage. They knew it was raining. They're, they knew that lightning was five miles from the track. They should have no, red flagged they it. did not know that there was lightning. Bullshit. That would have automatically put them... That would have automatically put them under uh, a caution. They would have had to clear the stadium. They were not under. They were. Let's let's break the truth here. Let's not make up things. There there was not any lightning strikes close to the close to the speedway at that point in time, or else we would have been under caution. Um, there was a light drizzle. They also showed on the replay that the drivers the last before had driven through there. And there was no there was no moisture on the racetrack. There was no rain on the windshield. Um, Brett Griffin was heard saying that it is raining in turn one. He was a spotter there. Sure enough, they get to turn one and it's rained. So, but the, the, honestly, let's not let's not add anything to that, Craig. Uh, there was not there was I don't know where you might have gotten that uh, misreport, but it was not uh, it was not any lightning strikes at that point in time. Uh, I believe those come later on, uh, which is which which is pure genius of what uh, uh, NASCAR did. Uh, so then, why did they wait so long to throw the caution when they knew it was there? When they, when they uh, knew uh, rain was in question. turn one, when they when, knew rain was in turn one, and it was on the windshields, why didn't they throw the caution? Because the boy cries wolf so damn much that NASCAR doesn't know when they can trust the spotters. Obviously. Because if it's your guy and you're you're leading the race with 20 to go, you're, you're, you're going to say you see raindrops on the windshield. You're going to say that the track, you're losing the track. You're going to say anything you can to manipulate NASCAR. Look, man, you've been to a dirt track. You've seen a caution call on somebody. You know who calls the caution. Does the driver go automatically to the rear of the field because he knows he calls the caution? No, he sits back and he waits on somebody to tell him to do something. So, I mean, these guys are going to manipulate any way that they can because that's what we that's, – that's what racing is, right? Like, I, oh, of course, it, it's pouring down rain on the guy in first place but not on the guy in fourth place. So, I, how that has been forgotten about. Uh, I, I've, I've heard it on the on, on NASCAR radio. I've heard it on Door Bumper Clear. It's like, guys, nobody's going to believe you because you manipulate the race all the time. So, you know, Justin Haley got out and sounded like a damn idiot. Oh, it was raining the lap before, and then he had to make a public apology. He was like, he was chastising NASCAR all over national television when in, when in reality nobody heard or seen his text message or his tweet later on saying that uh, that it was his fault that he didn't realize it was all on the, within seconds of each other. So uh, y'all have already gotten me stirred up here. Jesus, man. Chris, we That'd still have another show. like less than two hours, man, to wind it down a bit. <laughs> wow. Holy <laughs> um, <laughs> So, you know, uh, I respect what you're saying, Craig. I can see. Look, I want to. I want to know what Taz has to say, and then and then I'll finish up on this. But I see what you're saying, Craig. For real. Uh, in in reality, it's a multi-billion-dollar business. 
we should be able to know when there's rain out in the parking lot. Taz, go ahead. What so I, obviously I, I should reword the question. What should we have done different now that uh, Craig has said we could have definitely done something different? I'm not sure if I really caught uh, what Craig said, and I'm I, I do apologize for that. But um, basically, I see it as I probably cut them out. Essentially, I see it as NASCAR should. I mean, yes. I mean, yes. It wasn't the the big poster boy guy or a big name guy like Justin Haley, for instance. But NASCAR should have listened when if there was multiple drivers that are literally saying, at least in post race interview, like there's freaking raindrops. And how did NASCAR not know this, knowing that the cameras are broadcasting this race are freaking wet? <laughs> Because, I agree. Seriously, how did nobody catch this? It was like, oh, shit, it's raining. Like, it literally all of a sudden just a whole bunch of water splashed up on the camera. I mean, did y'all watch it? I mean, it was amazing. It was like, oh, wow, look, all of a sudden it's like, bam, there's a lot of water on the lens, and cars are going in every which way but the right way. Back to your point, Craig. I don't know how much yeah, ahead, this Craig. is sustainable. I don't know well, how much yeah. this is sustainable. I just think NASCAR could have done a better job. They've got enough officials around the damn track that they can see it too. Yeah. I, they I know agree. that we're not set up. They know we're not set up for rain tires. And they know that they're running the race in Florida in August, in the middle of rainy season, where it rains every day here between 2 and 5 o'clock. Well, the rain came early to Daytona. (laughs) Actually, NASCAR did a great job, but we'll get to that in just a second. Pat. I got to agree with Craig in this instance. I mean, somebody should have known. There's no reason why they should have kept going. Of the situation, like like I mentioned, there was cameras broadcasting the race that had the wet lenses. How did nobody catch this deal? You have officials, <laughs> you have cameras. Look. Somebody's got to know. Oh God. Oh man, we're so ready. Look, I, I think that NASCAR did what they have done for all these years. I, I think it was just by circumstance, uh, situation. That that ten foot of racetrack was literally being rained on. I think that was the 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 moment the rain really was closing in on the racetrack was at that point in time. And of course, NASCAR probably pushed the issue a little bit too far. You would want uh, some people in the parking lot, I guess, telling you, "Hey, uh, it's 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 raining now. Let's bring them in. We're on a big track." But that didn't happen. And uh, I think for NASCAR to come out and defend themselves, they looked really stupid. Uh, because they said that there wasn't very much of anything that they could have done differently. Um, I think a lot of people have uh, tended to disagree with that. I would also would like to quickly note here that it's not just this year that this has happened. It happened in 2019, I believe, or 2020 at Texas, and it happened last year in New Hampshire. So this is a, this is a reoccurring theme. Um, from NASCAR by, by, by not blowing the whistle uh, on time. So 
I think a lot of us, when we found out Sunday, Saturday night that we were not going to race, as we were getting close to that time anyway, we all kind of figured for a Sunday start. I think most of us figured that we were going to get maybe a noon start, possibly a yeah. 2 o'clock start. Yeah. But NASCAR threw a wrench. They threw a wrench in the bucket. We had a 10 o'clock, 9 a.m. Central time, which is 10 a.m. Eastern time, start time for the uh, Coca-Cola Zero 400. Um they look like the geniuses that, in the end. The networks look like geniuses in the end. Do you agree uh, that was a well-thought-out idea? Uh, sure it is, because it can it stops the church crowd from possibly going to church on Sunday. Uh, they got pretty much prime TV time. They didn't have to compete with preseason football um, or any other or any other sport for that matter in my in my thought process. Okay. So yeah. It was genius on their yeah. part. Sucked for people who thought we were gonna race at twelve, one o'clock. But yeah. Well we were it in was a race delay that during that time and they were actually replaying the race as we were in rain delay. So it basically we were able to redo the whole race while we were in rain delay for those people who uh, were not available at 10 a.m. in the morning time. Um, I think that that side of it was absolutely genius, knowing that there are typically, as you said, Craig, showers in Florida between the hours of 2 and 5 and 7 and 9. Uh, um, it's uh, always been that way, and it's, it has a lot to do with the humidity and being on the Gulf and being, uh, uh, well, really, depending on what part of where you're at, you're you're on the Atlantic side, so um, that of course it, storms blow across the Gulf into the Atlantic. Um, but uh, yeah, Taz, the thing that um, I think NASCAR not only threw one monkey wrench but two is that they went through CNBC for the broadcast. Which I thought was a little. Yeah, I don't think that had anything to something. do with that. I think that was network. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, I mean, well, either way, regardless. But I still think that was a monkey wrench too because I haven't checked the viewership ratings if there's any blown around that have been put out yet. But mm-hmm. it makes me wonder. <clears throat> did it makes me wonder in a sense that because it was a 10 a.m. race, how would have hurt? How bad of viewership? would it have been but then you throw in the cnbc thing now it makes me really think did this really hurt in a way too you know what i mean so i really feeling like that ratings are probably not that good for this week and it was probably anticipated to be one of the higher ratings for the season i would think yes uh being the implications of the race of course Taz, that's a great observation uh, this is the wild card race. This is what brings us into the playoffs. You were expecting a big crowd on your network. Um, I don't believe it was on NBC. I believe it was uh, originally tied into USA, which I couldn't. I couldn't really fathom that one, right? I mean, I, I guess I was. Was it on NBC? It was on NBC, wasn't it? Well, it, it was, was on Peacock. It was on USA it was Network. On CNBC and Peacock. 
Okay, but I'm talking about the original air on Saturday. Original, yeah. No, I believe. Oh, okay, yep. It was on NBC. It was on USA. On USA, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's supposed to be a prime race. So yeah, as you said, uh, Taz, I I think that 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 would definitely have an effect in the ratings area uh, with the uh, with the viewership. Uh, one, for one thing, you know, being on a Saturday night rescheduled for a Sunday. Another thing, uh, being put on a channel that uh, a lot of people really don't are not subscribed to. I was actually uh, made aware of this through the Direct TV. You had to have the Direct uh, Big Plan or something for the Direct TV in order to have CNBC. So there was uh, quite a few people who uh, were not able to view uh, uh, this particular race. Because of the network that uh, they put it on. Yeah, I, I just, I wish you would keep it on um, regular network TV, you know, NBC, CBS, ABC, and that's all there is to it. I mean, we got 10 weeks till the end of the season for crying out Christmas. You know, it's the most important race it's the second most important race of the season uh, in, you know, the last race before the playoffs and then the last race to crown the champion. Put it on regular television so that way everybody that wants to watch it and that is a fan is able to watch it. That's, that's uh, I guess we'll say that's what grinds my gears. Well, and I mean, you're t- you're talking about NBC, who is tied directly into Sunday Night Football uh, with the premier game of the week. Monday Night Football was the headstone of NFL for many, many, many decades, for many, many years, well, at least two or two to three decades. But over the last five to seven, eight, nine years, NBC's Sunday Night game has turned into the primetime game of the week, and that is that is. Two stones that you just, you know, it's like growing cucumbers and cantaloupes in the same garden. You're going to want, it just doesn't work. You're uh, you're not going to get your full potential out of either. Or, um, of course, NFL fans are 10 to 1 uh, to a NASCAR fan. So you're not going to, you're not going to have uh, a championship race at Phoenix on a network channel, I don't believe, at, at a viewing time of, you know, 6, to, 6 p.m. or later. Yeah. Hey, uh, don't forget that um, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be Facebook Live for the roundtable discussion as we discuss who we feel is going to make it out of the round of 16. Um uh, we pretty much, I think, have all the same ones except for one. Am I not? Uh, um, I for, believe. Well, originally when we talked about this before, Craig said he may have a monkey wrench turner here. Um, you you guys will be able to see on Facebook when we get to that point. But we basically have 10 of 12 spots filled based upon what we originally talked about. Now, this can change. Uh, depending on what Craig's little monkey wrench is going to throw at Chris and I, but um, 
we, of course, you can also keep listening to us on Blog Talk Radio, but also pop into Facebook and uh, say hello and give us your thoughts on the deal. Uh, I mean, your opinion, your thought. We enjoy talking to our fans, and uh, you know, you guys may have some opinions that we opinions and thoughts that we may not have either thought about or we just wouldn't consider at all. And without the outside opinion. We're just going to go off of what we have. That's all. So, I mean, if you want to hop on in, I would say just hop on in, man. Help us out. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I think uh, I think that what I'm going to tell you, and actually, uh, Teresa and I both thought about it, um, and we both looked at each other because she mentioned it to me, and I said, oh, my God, I was just thinking about it, so I can't wait to share it with everybody. Because I think that uh, I think there will be. It was like the rend. It's it's almost like the rendition of Rhinestone Cowboy. It's what a blow <laughs> your mind! You should have sent that in the door bumper clear. Yeah. Well, we still can. I can I can try to take it out uh, tomorrow morning. And. Uh, yeah, from what, from from what I heard, Craig got Craig got a video of it. I, I may be wrong on that. From what I heard, Craig got a video of this. <laughs> Craig didn't oh, get a video uh, of you. I know Craig didn't oh, get a video. Oh, Craig got the picture well, that was shared. Oh well, I guess now that I spoke too soon, we're gonna forward the video over. Uh-oh. Lord have mercy. All right. So uh, Martin Church Jr. Did he, did he just get outrun? Did he get outbeat? He was the guy, like, right? I believe Toyota gave up a Kurt Busch guarantee for a Martin Truex Jr. slide in, and that didn't uh, exactly happen the way that they had planned it. Now you have Ryan Blaney, who may I remind you guys, who is second in points. If we had had our got- 16 winners in the in the chase, we're talking about a guy who was second in points, okay? Second in points, wound up the 16th driver. I think later on this evening we're going to underestimate the power of Ryan Blaney. But let's talk about Martin Truex Jr. first. Great. It amazes me that a guy with that many top fives and top tens and leads 456 laps for the season is out of the chase because he didn't get a win. I'm not so sure that, I that you know, as I've seen on another um, YouTube thing, that this has not exposed the point system for NASCAR. Excuse me, as a as a winning year in system, I really think that NASCAR re- needs to reevaluate this and come up with a better solution. Now they won't for 2023, but I think going forward, they're going to look at it because remember they went to this point system because of who Matt Kenseth, because he proved that you don't necessarily need to win you don't need to win a championship, or you don't need to win a race to win a championship. It's based on consistency. 
consistency. Well, that kind of screwed them on this year because of Truex not making the playoffs, but being Mr. Consistent. Yeah, I mean, fourth, fourth in uh, points for regular season, missing the chase by three points. Uh, we've got several characters that are in the lower parts of the standings that uh, possibly don't belong, including the Rhinestone Cowboys. Uh, not discluding uh, Austin Sender and possibly Chase Briscoe. Probably Alex Bowman uh, needs to be in that part of that, that list at this point in time. But, uh, you know, we could also say maybe Kyle Busch because he's, he's stunk a little bit here uh, lately. But uh, So I, I agree with you with what you said. But Martin Trooks Jr. could have gotten those three stage points somewhere during the, during the uh, regular – part of the season. Ted, well, what's your follow-up on uh, what, what well, Greg said here? He's had opportunities to win, so I I mean, I guess he didn't take advantage of the system, but I'm on the page of where I honestly think this winning your end nonsense just needs to stop. We nearly exposed uh, uh, the system entirely. Literally. We are at the verge of getting more than 16 different winners. And some somebody with a win would have been screwed up a playoff spot, and the NASCAR would have been shaking their heads like, "Oh my God, what do we do? We can't have this problem go back. Go back a little bit. I'm okay with top 16 in points, regardless if they won or not. They'd be in the chase, and then do your playoff system. Then do your win and your in nonsense. That I'm fine with that. If that's if that's the oh. route you guys want to go, then go right ahead. Personally, I'm not a giant fan of it, but if we're if we can at least award the top 16 drivers throughout the entire regular season, then please give it to them. Shoot, some freaking NFL or MLB or any other dang sport rewards the top teams for getting into the playoffs. Why can't NASCAR follow that deal? Oh. Oh, so let's see. Um, this team won like six games, so they're in the playoffs. Oh, that team won eight games, so they're in the playoffs. Oh, that team won one game out of a 13-game season. Throw them in the playoffs. What the heck? Even though they're bombing the food. Well, game. come on, come on now. I want to give a I want to give a good example here. So the year that the New England Patriots didn't make the playoffs in the Tom Brady era. It was because Matt Castle. Matt Castle went eleven and five that season. Eleven and five, five on his record because Tom Brady went down in the very first game of the season. So he finished ten and five. That means that an eleven and five record for the New England Patriots was not good enough to make the playoffs, but yet a team that was eight and eight that year went to the Super Bowl. So I mean it, it so it's not always fair in in uh, in other forms of sports, either in that case, New England had the third best record in their division, and that gave that that knocked them out of the playoffs. So it's it's not a perfect scenario in anybody's situation, other than I guess what you would say uh, the, the the Sweet Sixteen or whatever it is with the college basketball March Madness. That's that's basically the uh, the only sport that I believe actually runs off a of ranking and not by division play, so so to speak, if that makes any sense. 
I mean, yeah, look, I, I like what you, the points you brought up, Taz. You get in on your, you get in on points in the beginning, and then and then you go to a win in your end policy, right? Because the next ten races is a smaller version. It's a cut down version of what your regular season is. I like your point there, Taz. I, I think you really hit on something, Craig. Do you have, do you have what? What's your follow up? No, I think Taz has got a good point. I I, I think that they need to. Uh, I think that would be a good a, a good way to look at it. Now, will NASCAR look at something like that? Uh, quite possibly. If they get enough blowback from the fan base and and the drivers, and Joe Gibbs gets in in their ear enough, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna see it. I think well, you're gonna see. You're it. The... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think you're going to see a new. I think you're going to see a new set of rules here pretty soon. I mean, look, there's only 16 spots, right? And most of these teams are four car teams. So you've got you've got a four car team in Gibbs and Hendrick. You got a three car team at Penske. You got a four car team at uh, Stuart Haas. That's basically your 16 spots. Okay, minus one. Count the Wood Brothers car in, you've got 16 slots, right? So, I'm not completely sold on the fact that somebody's always going to miss the chase, right? Somebody's always going to miss. At least with this playoff scenario, it's kind of like the alphabet soup. Do you guys know how the alphabet soup is? Uh, no, at, uh, at the Chili Bowl. So, what it is is basically you're racing – you. You come up after each B main, after it's a C main, E main, G main, H main, like it's all these mains, right? But you continuously are racing the same group of people. What they're doing is they're eliminating the two guys that are three guys or four guys, however many they're taking. Those guys are pulling out of the main and going to the A main. So they're the, the guys who are, you know, the ones they're taking. It's kind of confusing. <laughs> But what they do is they continue to race each other until they either earn a spot or they run out of main to get into. And, you know, uh, I kind of forgot where I was going with it. I can't help you, brother, because I don't know where you were going. So, Chris, are you kind of saying, like, the regular season in terms of the chili ball is, like, the preliminaries, and then, so we'll, and it, then when it comes down it does, to, it gives a slower guy a chance to get in, right? It doesn't always put emphasis on the on the faster, bigger teams, right? It gives a smaller guy a chance to race his way in because he's going to be racing a bracket of racers that are qualifying near his time. So you have Group A, Group B, Group C, Group D. Well, guys in Group D, they're going to race that Group D, so. There's there's faster cars in front of them, but there's a split, right? There's a split where some slower cars are actually there and able to make it to the main event. And that's kind of what we're seeing here with this chase, with the ability for a lower-tier team to squeeze their way and take a playoff spot from one of these larger teams. That's what I was trying to get at. Thanks, Taz. Okay. So... Are we good anyway, to go I'm, I'm still, I'm, I don't want to rush. I'm but. still good with the. Well, no, I mean, of course, we're talking about the chase, right? That's what we're. That's what this uh, roundtable was a, a discussion about. 
the chase and what uh, what it's going to bring and who we think is going to be winning where. But uh, definitely the, the discussion once we got out of Martin Truex Jr. is that uh, Ryan Blaney's in the chase, right? And we're talking about the second the guy who's in second in points. He squeezes his way in. There's been 16 different winners in 26 races, and uh, somehow Ryan Blaney makes it in on points. We we would have been completely devastated in all hoopla in the world if Ryan Blaney was uh, not in this chase. So, uh, because particularly great season that this driver has had, we can start the discussion off on how much of a threat the playoffs are when you allow a guy who's second in points in the. It's full season, get to this point in the playoffs. He is sitting 16th. Is he a viable threat for a championship? Well, at this point, anybody's viable for a championship as we just started going live on Facebook. Um, as you can clearly see, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have 10 of the 12 spots filled. And if you look at the playoff uh, points before we start uh, playoff racing at Darlington this weekend. The only driver that has somewhat some kind of a gap is Chase Elliott, and I think he's got like maybe like a 15, 20 point gap if I'm not mistaken off the top of my head. Everyone else is like right on each other's tails, so really everyone has a legit shot being as how wild this regular season has been, but I mean... You gotta you gotta start looking at who's not only hot at the moment, but also what tracks are we going to for that round, and who's going to really prevail, and who could possibly choke out of it. I mean, you could you could take a guy who was top five all season long and sitting like say sixth or seventh uh, in the playoff standings to start. He could be one of the first four drivers out at the end of the first three races of the playoffs. We've seen it happen. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. I had it muted. I had it muted. My apologies. Um, I think I think you're going to see things happen in this first round of the chase that you don't necessarily believe is going to happen. Um, I think. I think Austin Dillon, you know, a blind squirrel will catch a nut every once in a while. People are amazed that he went from 16th to first. Well, there was 15 cars erected in front of him. Of course, he's going to be first for crying out Christmas. Um, and then, of course, he, uh, you know, he gets Cindric out of the way. And Cindric was your Daytona winner. But, um, yep. you know, even a blind squirrel catches a nut every once in a while. I mean, look at Tad. Austin Dillon has four wins over his cup career. Three of them he's earned. Right. So, so the tracks we're heading to for round of 16 is Darlington, Kansas, and Bristol. And from what we have gathered for who's making it out and who's not, um, Chris mentioned Austin Dillon, Austin Sindrick, Chase Briscoe, Daniel Suarez to be eliminated. Craig had the same three plus, um, had the same as Chris, but instead of Suarez, he has Bell being eliminated. 
And for me, I had Bell, Suarez, Bowman, and Sindrick. Now, if we can't tally the votes of who is eliminated, um, Austin Sindrick is the clear cut one because all three of us mentioned him. So if we stick to what we had originally said, Austin Sindrick is out of the picture. Um, Austin Dillon, Daniel Suarez, Chase Briscoe, and Christopher Bell each had two votes each. Alex Bowman had one. And so that will give you, as you can see on the screen, the 10 drivers we have moving on, which is Chase, Logano, Chastain, Larson, Byron, Hamlin, Blaney, Reddick, Harvick, Kyle Busch. Um, there, I had a hard time picking my fourth driver to be eliminated, not going to lie. But I kind of went off who had the better consistency throughout the season that might end up paying off at this time. Um, and of course I kind of looked at, you know, average finishes type deal, um, amongst these three tracks, see who's got a better advantage and who doesn't. Well, if I can say something, wasn't there like a big country music song back years ago with Austin? Like, wasn't that a country? Because obviously we got all these Austins, Austin Dillon, Austin Sender, Austin Hill. My goodness gracious, I just, I just need to keep up yeah, with Yeah, Blake Shelton. But yeah, I know two of them are eliminated. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, that's about right, Blake Shelton. These guys are about that age. That is. Wow, okay. So their parents are country music fans. Absolutely wonderful. That's great. But you know what? Kick them both out. I'm giving them the boot. <laughs> They're gone. If your name is Austin, so, you're not going to the round of 12. Well, I'll give you mine before Craig throws his monkey wrench because I'm I'm excited to hear this, but I want to save that for the end. So, um, I have I picked the drivers I have being eliminated because if you average out the average finishes for all three of these tracks during this round of playoffs, Bowman, Suarez, and Sindrick are in the bottom three. Now, where I got in this one is between Christopher Bell and Ross Chastain. And this is where I started thinking of, all right, Bell's kind of hot at the moment, but Chastain has been more on the top consistency deal throughout the entire season, which is why he's up so high of where he is right now. So I kind of had, had to play a factor of, but I kind of had to play the antsy factor of, do I go with the hot take or do I play the, the safe card and go with the guy who's been sitting consistency consistently more towards the front of the field and on top of the standings. And I had to go with the consistency deal because you can only be hot for so long. I mean, Bell had a slow start. I mean, yeah, he's cooking up now, but it's it's Joe Gibbs number four car. So what can oh, now it's number three. So so honestly, for but Austin Dillon, quite honestly, Maybe I'm, I'm going to shock you, Chris. I'm going to shock you, Chris. Austin Dillon, amongst these three tracks, amongst our playoff field, has a ranked sixth in the average field chart. Wow, Austin Dillon, consistency. So I have heard that about Austin Dillon. Like he runs 17th most of the race and then somehow comes off with a top 10 finish. 
Craig, how about that statistic? We're kicking him. We're giving him the boot. But uh, based off some stats that Taz has just pulled up, we may be uh, we may we may find ourselves not knowing what we're talking about. Like kind of like Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, except we, yeah, we ain't reading off of no damn teleprompter. I mean, we may get we may get shocked and uh, see that Austin Dillon survives going into the round of twelve. But I'm going to tell you, are you guys ready for what I'm getting ready to tell you? Let's go. Oh yeah, I'm ready. I've been who has who has nothing to lose by not winning a championship this year? Who's got everything? Who has nothing to lose by not winning a championship that is in that chase? I'll give you a hint. There's two there's two guys that go ahead. I don't think I understand the question. Are you pointing at Harvey? But I have a I have a thought. Well if you'll Okay. Tyler Reddick and Kyle Bush because they're in Nunchuck. Well, one of them is not one of those two is not making the round of four, and here's why I say that. One of them does not have a team to go to next year. What does he have to oh, lose? Oh, okay. If that he was brings, like my third let pick. me finish. If he brings a championship to Joe Gibbs, what good does it serve him? Nothing. He brings a championship to a team that couldn't get their head out of their ass to re-sign him. He's oh, got nothing to lose. He's got well, nothing he's to got lose by by uh, I understand. by pulling the string and making sure that he does not make it to the round of eight. Well, Think I about mean, that. If I'm, Joe, so, if I'm Joe Gibbs, that's why I'm thinking Christopher Bell may be number two in my in my organization right now because of the fact of Kyle Busch. So uh, I can I can follow what you're saying there, Craig. Yes. I mean, it just seems it, it seems logical that he's not had he's not had solid finishes in the last what four or five weeks. He's gotten in on wins, but he's not had solid finishes and he's had problems. Hmm. He still don't have a contract with Joe Gibbs, and he's not going to get one because Papa's son is going in, grandson is going in that car next year. They just haven't made the announcement yet. Go ahead, Taz. All right. So I hear Craig's point, and that's a that's a good monkey wrench to throw. But I can't ignore the fact that if you, I can't ignore the fact that he's literally one of the top five drivers with the best average finishes of all the tracks in this round. I'm I, I gotta I gotta go against you, Craig. But I like your little theory you got there, though. Yeah, well, he's got nothing to lose. It's not like he's going back to Joe Gibbs. Even if he goes to twenty three eleven, I mean, well, that's that's the thing. What still, you're saying, Craig, that there's no sponsors to please here. The sponsor's not gonna. You're not weighing a sponsor on this. You don't have a driver. So literally, there's no reason at all to put any assumption that Kyle Busch is going to go anywhere in this chase because he doesn't have a manufacturer. He doesn't have a sponsor, and he doesn't have a team owner. Right. 
Because if he did, wow. he would have announced it by now. That's what I love about this freaking show right here. And I almost said the other F word. But that's what I love about this show right here. Because two times tonight, you guys have made me think. Two times tonight, I thought I had it all figured out. And both of you guys have made me stop and think. I was kind of on I was kind of on the great wavelength with what you're saying, Craig. And the moment Taz said what he said a few minutes ago, it made perfect sense uh, of, of taking the top 16 in points and then and then using this win in your end strategy. But uh, yeah, I mean Kyle Busch could literally. But see, I think of it in the exact opposite side, right? Like he has nothing to lose. He literally, what you're saying is he has nothing to gain. Right. He has nothing to gain. He has nothing to gain. Like, there's no there's no notoriety. All this would be is his third championship, and I really think that, that this could be his last chance at a championship, depending on where he goes. Right. Why bring um, so, a championship back to a team that you're not going back to? Well, because it could be your third championship, and that would put you in the swamp of Kelly Yarbrough, um, uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson, I mean, Tony Stewart. Uh, all these guys with more than one or two cup championships. Um, even Bill Elliott, I think, only has one cup championship. So, um, very, very interesting there. Like uh, him and Tyler Reddick, you would think, would be the the final, the 15th and 16th, right? Because both of these guys don't really have a future at their organization. And typically what you would see is all the resources put into what's going to appease the sponsor, but the thing, the monkey wrench with Tyler Reddick, of course, is he could still return in 2023, though I think that that is highly unlikely, which kind of, we missed this this week, I'm talking about this, Kyle Bush, and I'm hearing rumors after rumor that there is a Richard Childress deal on the table for him to go there, so um, I don't know if he's going to take it, but I have heard that there is a deal that has been offered at Richard Childress Racing. So that could really decide, be the deciding factor as well on whether or not Kyle Busch really has something to race for. I think, of course, Kyle Busch has something to race for, Craig. I, I think because deep inside he is a racer. Now, whether or not, uh, whether or not, no. sees that seizes that opportunity or not is, is really the question. What is it, ask? Yeah, go ahead. Now, Craig wants to eliminate Kyle Busch, but that leaves five drivers for him. So who is he replacing to fill Kyle Busch into the next round? That's where I'm trying to figure out because I'm trying to figure out who can we fairly eliminate because, like I mentioned earlier, we got four drivers with two votes. So we got to figure out four to two. <laughs> um. No. So what driver do you think, Craig, that we've named as uh, being eliminated actually needs to move to the non-elimination side? And, and, and Taz, what are those drivers? So he said we're – so Craig said Bell moves on instead of Kyle Busch, which leaves to – which now changes the vote to where Bell, Bowman, and Kyle Busch have one vote to be eliminated – Suarez, Briscoe, and Austin Dillon have two votes each, but we only have two spots left. 
at least have, at least while I'm throwing, we have two spots left. So we got to figure out who are we getting rid of because we we got rid of Cindric easily. We all all three of us said he's eliminated out the door. Um, I guess if you want to throw Bowman on the next round and say screw it, we can. I haven't but, eliminated like, Bowman, have I? No, you did not mention Alex Bowman in your bottom four to be eliminated. No, I expect them to turn it up a little bit. They're streaky. That's Bowman. I think he's got more momentum, more chances than Byron does at this point in time. Uh, but uh, that's that's for a later discussion. We're running out of time, too. Yeah. So and uh, right now, right now, I'm I'm on the boat of eliminating Suarez. Being that he's there's only one track he's average finish inside the top twenty and that's Bristol and uh, and I and if I had to fair game the other two oh God I would I would have to say Chase Briscoe if we had to get rid of those guys. And not, yeah, me I think personally, I, I would say I would say move Bowman and Dylan over, but that's just me. I think this week maybe we should just stick with two of them to completely eliminate off our chart, and work on next week on the next two. So, so I think we're at a ta- at a at a standstill with what we really see 14th on forward. If we can eliminate two people tonight, I think I said it. Austin Dillon, Austin Cindric, take them off the board. Um, yeah. Maybe we can maybe we can agree on which two to eliminate, and then that'll give us next week to eliminate two more. Cindric, yes. I don't know. I'm. I mean, I can understand Austin Dillon deal, but he's not averaging pretty bad. I mean, he's he's averaging better than Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney because the five drivers with better average finishes above him are Chase, Kyle Busch, Larson, Hamlin, and Harvick. Okay. And he's nearly Greg, a top what's... ten average finish in Darlington. If you were to eliminate two, who would you eliminate, Craig? Um, Kyle Busch and Cendric. Austin Cendric. On the Kyle Busch. Oh, looks All like right. Austin Cendric. Okay. Austin Cendric is definitely getting the boot here. That's two. Yeah. So Cendric, I'm, def- I'm definitely giving the boot to and. I have to say Suarez. Uh, so that leaves Suarez and Bush to battle it out. And if I were to pick between Suarez and Bush to make it or to be eliminated, I would have to eliminate Suarez. Taz, who would you eliminate? I'm on the same shoes as you. Uh, that does it. So Suarez and Austin Cindric 
are the two guys that we have eliminated from the playoffs. And, and we're leaving we're leaving Chase Briscoe and Austin Dillon in it. Suarez, who is with supposedly with in, in Craig's standards, one of the hottest organizations. <laughs> Craig has had some wild and crazy number ones this year. I, I'll give it to him in power rankings because he had SHR. He's got track house at number one. Neither me nor Taz would have uh, been ballsy enough uh, to go with that. But hey, it worked out well. Like I can't, I can't knock the Craig train because uh, as soon as he picked SHR to be the number one organization, Kevin Harvick went off and won two wins back to back. You're welcome. And, and really could have won Daytona as well had he not uh, stuck her in the wrong hole. <laughs> so oh, uh, yeah. No. So it really. Oh. It's, I mean, that's, I mean, Taz, I, it's hard for me to argue it. Suarez want, and Cedric are both uh, on the chopping list. Yeah, those two are easy um, for me to eliminate personally. So right now the drivers we still have on standstill is Bell, um, apparently Kyle Busch, Chase Briscoe, Alex Bowman, Austin Dillon. Wow. But well, those guys are – and there could be somebody new next week. But Chris and I are favoring Kyle Busch, which means we got to figure out – we still got to figure out two spots to fill between Bell, yeah, Briscoe, uh, Bowman, and Dillon. I think that'll, uh, that will come next week as we try to eliminate two more in this roundtable discussion, the idea behind the roundtable discussion, race fans, and we want to we want to make sure that it's perfectly clear. It's not a it's not um, it's a science, right? It's it's all of our opinions and grounded into what we feel molded in factor. And I promise you, last year the way that we did this, we were almost on cue every single week. We were ahead of the schedule. We knew who was going to get eliminated. We were always within one guy of the elimination. So I think even a couple of times we were perfect in the elimination round. So three brains working together, really, it it creates a supercomputer. And so if you're thinking that we're crazy, uh, because we've mentioned these names here tonight in the elimination round, you – Better just keep on listening to this show because you'll realize we are not far from the truth. We really do try at this. So the two guys that we have eliminated here for this year in the 2022 race to the chase, chase to the race, whatever the hell it's called, (laughs) it's Austin Cedric, you're out of here, you're eliminated, and Daniel Suarez. So, I mean, that's that's our roundtable discussion. So, the, for for the what uh, night number one round number one yeah round is yeah I would think so all right. all right all right so we're looking forward to having a special guest on here tonight in our guest uh, segment uh, a kid by the name of Seth Christensen uh, is going to be coming on fourteen year old standout uh, asphalt driver. Uh, first, we have to do our stat of the day. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Bop, bop. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Here comes that. What? Stat of the day. 
All right, so Noah Gregson, B.J. McLeod, Landon Castle, David Reagan, and Cody Ware all finished inside the top ten in Sunday's NASCAR Cup Series event at Daytona, despite starting in the bottom five spots. It's only the third time in NASCAR Cup Series history that the bottom five starters have scored a top ten result. First time it has happened in a field larger than 12 cars. So how about that for the stat of the day? Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to uh, bring in our guest uh, for this week, our special guest. Uh, Welcome to the show, Seth Christensen. How are you, bud? Hey, how are y'all doing tonight? Doing well, my oh, friend. Oh, look at that. You well. got a pause. All right. Good job. Um, so, Seth, uh, welcome to Race Chat Live. Good to have you on here on this uh, Tuesday night. I uh, hope that all is doing well for you. Um, we are sharing this on Facebook Live, I believe, as well. So uh, you'll be able to share it uh, with uh, your friends and family at the conclusion of the show. Or if you have somebody running your social media, they can share it as well. Um, so, uh, let's just jump right in, man. 14 years old. You're, you've been driving for a little bit already. You've got uh, kind of a career already established. Tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, Seth. So, yeah, first of all, thank you guys for having me. This is awesome. But, uh, yeah, I've been running quarter midgets for about eight years and just got out of that recently. Uh, immediately started going into big car stuff, uh, pro trucks being, uh, the main thing, um, uh, this year in the truck, I've had about nine races. Uh, I've got three wins, and out of all nine races, I've been finishing podium. So, yeah, I'm doing pretty good so far. But uh, just um, just a while ago, I made my debut in a Pro Late model at Mobile International Speedway. Finished fourth, my first ever race. I've been testing a whole bunch of race cars, too, like a dirt sprint car. And I make a start this Saturday in a Midwest open wheel modified at Livonia Speedway. So, yeah, I've kind of been all over the place trying out everything I can and just having fun. That's, uh, where did you get the bug from? How how did you get into racing? So, my dad used to race up in Michigan, um, a bunch of vintage modified stuff. Then he came down here in Georgia to race at Lanier. Uh, race at Gresham, Motorsports Park, uh, and the sportsman stuff, and he eventually had somebody run for him and the pro truck that he owned. And uh, ironic enough, or funny enough, we actually, or my dad ran against the truck that I'm in now, so kind of pretty cool to have me running the truck and my dad remembering racing against Kurt Britt. I've got to ask you, Seth, how did it come that um... – you're getting this opportunity this weekend. So actually, we have this. Um, we have somebody by the name of Ashley Hogan uh, that owns a dirt modified, and he's been working with Kurt Britt for quite a while, and um, he's been he's been trying to get something together, and it just finally uh, got finally got the opportunity this weekend to go run it for him. And huge thanks to Ashley and Kurt Britt for making this making this happen. Well, real quick, I want to give a shout-out to your dad. I believe he just messaged me on, on Facebook. 
Um, it is nine o'clock in Georgia. You got school tomorrow, so I want to thank your your dad for allowing you to uh, do this interview. Uh, it's much appreciated. Oh, yeah. Um, so you started racing at age five. Yes, sir. I, I need I need to ask how it, and and you might have answered this already while I was putting this while I was writing this question out. What at age five made you say, hey, I want to get the car and go fast? So, actually, we were going to uh, Lanier Speedway. I can't remember. It was so long ago. I can't remember what it was for. But my dad took me up uh, up on top of the hill where they had uh, Metro Atlanta Quarter Midget Association, a little little tiny uh, quarter midget track. And I went up there. I watched a few races. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this now. And he's like, all right. We'll see how it works out, and it kind of just clicked for me. Like, got second. I remember I got second my first ever race, and I ended up winning a bunch in the rookie divisions and kind of been working my way up and uh, just finished. Or I retired 2021, and I ran, I mean, I've been running three or four cars every single weekend, so it kind of just felt like it just clicked. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um Kaz, I don't know if you're if you're right there or if you're still trying to put yep. lyrics together. Uh, real quick, Seth, well you need to you need to check out the video I posted of our 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 next host that's going to ask you some questions. He was singing, and we want your opinion on uh, his version of that song. And if you don't know it, I'm sure Dad knows it. Um, go ahead, Kaz. So you ran dirt and. S and you've also ran asphalt or no? Uh yes, sir. I'm currently running a pro truck uh on asphalt around the um, Cordial, Georgia area and Five Flags area. I've ran a I ran a race at Mobile in the Pro Truck and Asphalt too. But uh yeah, asphalt's been the main thing we've been doing lately, but I've been making a few appearances in a few dirt cars. Like I've tested a dirt uh three oh five sprint car for Jeff Oliver and um at Cherokee Speedway in South Carolina. That was pretty fun. And I've also made an appearance at Livonia Speedway in a four-cylinder mini stock. Uh, ran that for a race. It was pretty fun as well. And this weekend, I'm actually going to make a um, a midway, mid-we- mid-east open-wheel modified at Livonia Speedway, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, so you being at, so with you being at a, with you being at a young age in have ran dirt and asphalt what are some of the takes you could give out to uh some of the drivers maybe or some people your age or maybe younger who want to get a start uh kind of like you did like what are the pros and cons of running on dirt asphalt what do you prefer personally so it's such a hard decision asphalt and dirt really hard to compare because both of them teach you such good uh such awesome scales like dirt just teaches you like amazing car control throttle control how much like wheel you put in like i mean if you run if you run so much dirt on asphalt it'll be just a breeze like you get sideways coming off corner you'll be able to catch it easily and it just makes i mean if you if you if you've ran dirt before it'll just make running asphalt a lot easier but uh, asphalt makes you very disciplined it um teaches you a lot of like just keeping off of other people, respecting the people on the track, uh, being consistent every lap. That's the thing on asphalt. And the pro car that I learned at Mobile 
of Grant Thompson is that going into turn three, you have to be perfect every single lap or else it'll mess up your uh, exit in turn four. And asphalt just teaches you such good stuff and dirt does as well. And it's just really hard to compare, but on the fun, man, I can't, I can't choose. Both of them are awesome, but yeah, I, uh, I tell anybody I can to get in as much stuff as, as much stuff as possible. Any opportunity you get, take it because you never know; it'll teach you. So you really don't have one skill over the other. You're, you you literally you can jump in one car, understand that skill, and then get out of it. Jump in a dirt car and uh, process the skill there. Um, that's uh, kind of like a switch hitter, right? A uh, baseball. Uh, do you think that that's uh, a talent that most drivers your age actually carry, or is that something kind of that, that we're seeing uh, in this new age driver where you literally can jump in anything and go, and go race. It's not something that I've seen quite frequently, but I know a few people that I've raced against in the past that have been doing that and they've been pretty successful in just about anything they drive. And like, let's say this kid hops in a dirt sprint car for the first time, learns how to run dirt jumps back in that asphalt car and he knows exactly what it's gonna like he knows what he's doing but he's like if he gets sideways and gets loose a little bit he'll be able to catch it easily and it's just it's not something that you see all the time but it's boy it's awesome when you do see it though well well, Seth I mean you you had a perfect description of it really in asphalt racing it's all about taking care of the tires and running the same line every single lap Mm -hmm. that way you know you're conserving your tires you know what type of fuel you're putting in you, you what what your fuel mileage is and dirt racing is kind of like you got to find the grip. You got to find out where the car is good racing at. That's going to be your fastest right. line. So you're using yeah. one discipline for the other. But I would see where, uh, you know, a lot of your asphalt discipline actually carries over to the dirt side a little bit more than than, than possibly the other way around. Yeah, I mean, asphalt just teaches you how to be consistent every single lap and just being disciplined and being respectful on track and. They just they both teach you so much that it's just really hard to compare, to be honest. So when you went down and you tested at Mobile, how was that? Oh, that was awesome. I went and tested the uh, pro car. I think it was Friday. I want to say it was Friday night. We tested for about, I want to say, a few sessions. And at first I was like, whoa, this thing is awesome. Like you get on the gas and it's like, it just goes like there's no like you can't really feel it step out a little bit when you get on the gas like the truck like in the truck I remember that if you ever like if you just mash the ass it'll kind of like get a little sideways off but I mean the pro car I mean it just sticks there's so much downforce you're going so fast bigger tire bigger motor it's just awesome all right so I gotta ask you a question that's Craig again I gotta ask you a question and then you've got how are you managing your racing career with being a teenager plus schoolwork? I mean, I know y'all just started school a couple weeks ago, and you're getting ready to have your first day off Monday, but how does a 14-year-old have that much um What's the word I want? Uh, foresight to be able to manage all of that. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, uh, your parents take great pride in the fact that, and help you with that, but 
you've also got to be a key component in that. Right. Like, um, just do it, doing both of those is definitely tough. I mean, you got to make time for race and you got to make time for school and school's definitely the priority as of right now. So, but, um, well, not that, but now as much as I can. Now you're playing baseball. That's right. Yeah. Every Tuesday and Thursday night, I've been practicing baseball, and we'll have our first game, I believe, in October soon or September. Uh, and when I seen that, I thought when I seen that a couple of weeks ago, I was like, man, how does this kid have time to have a social life? Which brings up that question: How do you find time to hang out with your buddies? So. That's that's really that's another tough thing is with all the school and all the racing and now baseball every Tuesday and Thursday night it's been really tough to go and hang with friends and stuff like football games on Friday night um, we've been having a bunch of those lately and having to tell your friends that you can't go because you gotta go to a race has been a little tough but I mean if I had to choose between or I have to choose three things to do in life it'd be school racing and playing baseball so I'd say it's a win. But, that's yeah, awesome. That's all right. pretty tough to manage all Seth, that. I got but. I got to play devil's advocate here, Seth. I got to know, man. If if I was uh, if I was an agent and I said you could go play major league baseball or you could go race Lucas Oil late models, which one would you pick? Got to choose the racing on this one. Racing. You have to choose the racing. Oh yeah. I mean, baseball is super fun, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, racing is just something that I want to do for a living someday, so. But let's, no, let's, let's kick it back a little bit, Seth, because I, I, don't, want, I don't want to make that, I don't want to make that uh, a pressure talk there. Of course, being a race fan, of course, we're going to use, we're going to try to get, uh, get you to say racing out of that. But in reality, <laughs> it's kind of being able to play baseball kind of keeps you more in the social functions of your uh, of your your age, right, and the and the 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 development that you need as a child, right. So in a way, like you know, we all know as race fans, most of your friends don't really go to the racetrack with you. Your school friends. Now you have racetrack friends and you have school friends. This kind of keeps you in 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 touches in all touches of the field, almost right. And being able to play baseball, uh, have that kind of communication, that type of team. Uh, playership and and of course your uh, your friends and notoriety through the school and then you're also going in, in racing so that's a that's a unique man you're just multiversal man I I'm just amazed <laughs> you 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 dirt track you asphalt you play baseball oh man your plate is full my brother go ahead Tess so obviously you have a long you still have a long road ahead of where you know where you want to be in life and also in terms of your racing career where do you where can you see yourself ending up or what is your like what's the main goal for where you want to go in racing is it anywhere like world of outlaws or is it like more on the nascar side of things what what's the main end goal for you so the main end goal has got to be something like NASCAR or something. Because, I mean, I just I look up to Kyle Larson about how he, he does so much NASCAR stuff and then about 
I don't know, like a day or two later, he's out opposite side of the country racing the sprint car in the world of outlaws. And I just, I love that. Just the thought of that sounds so fun. So NASCAR definitely feels like an end goal and doing world of outlaws, like you said, or something else on the side would just be awesome. But end goal definitely be something, something in NASCAR. Now, Seth, what if a big name uh, sponsor comes along and uh, puts you in, in a car? We've, we've had talked to several drivers, including Hannah Newhouse and her development stage. Are these things already being put into works for you to possibly uh, uh, be groomed in one of these uh, late model cars, or, or is that still kind of off in the distance? Um, it's still kind of off in the distance, like you said, but, uh, we're definitely open to any help we can get right now. Um, if you have any questions about it, you can message my Facebook page, but, um, definitely, yeah, we're going to need, we're going to need all the help we can get, to get to doing all the racing we want to. So, but yeah, message my Facebook page. If you're interested in helping out, I'd greatly appreciate it. Well, here's Here's a question I got for you, Seth. You just talked about mm-hmm. sponsors. Um, now, I, I was just talking with your dad, and he says that you do a lot of talking to sponsors, and that is impressive for a young man your age. What do they say when you sit down with them? Are they shocked that you're sitting there negotiating or trying to negotiate sponsorship with them. Obviously, Dad is there, and, but they mainly talk to you, correct? Yeah, they mo- uh, mainly talking to me, and I, it's kind of cool to see the shock on their face when I'm like, hey, I'm bilingual. I can speak Spanish. I love cooking. I have peanut allergies. I know exactly what it's like to have, like, um, to have allergies and to know, like, what's going into food and to know, like, like I'll go to public places and I'll know what people are talking like what people are saying in Spanish like it's just like I'll, I'll say all those things to sponsors and they're just kind of shocked they're like wait what a 14 year old kid knows Spanish he can cook he knows what it's like to have allergies he can race just like it's so cool to see the shock on people's faces and to like like have like myself list off all the things I have have to offer social media presence just all the stuff it's just awesome to see the look on their faces but well, we will say I will say this. Myself, Chris, and Taz talked about this. I believe it was yesterday. Uh, your social media post on your baseball. When we mm-hmm. looked at it, was one one point twelve hundred people had seen it, and when I seen it a week and a half ago or whatever it was, it was at a thousand within. It seemed like two or three hours of you posting it. And yeah, it's I was crazy. I can't, can't I, think. Of I was just amazed. It. I was just amazed. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, you have a, you have a in my eyes, you have a bright future ahead of you, and you have a great head on your shoulders. And I'm telling you what, I wish you the best of luck. Oh, thank you um, so much. I I appreciate it, that. It, So uh, we, we were talking about social media there, Seth. We're going to stay on point here. Um, how did you create such a strong social media presence? And um, is Facebook your main outlet, or are you connected in? Of course, I found a YouTube channel. I just subscribed to it. 
Uh, but uh, like Instagram and other platforms, are you are you using those? And and is it in house, or do you hire somebody to do your media work? Um, that's all in house. We all, uh, me and my dad, my mom that manage all my social media stuff. Um, my dad uh, works a lot on my Facebook stuff, but um, I always do my best to try to keep up with them uh, in terms of trying to grow my social media presence. But yeah. Facebook has been the main outlet for um, reaching people on on the internet, and uh, we've tried to, we're trying to build up some other platforms such as Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. Starting to get going now, and um, but yeah. Well, All right, I can. Uh, okay, go, go ahead. ahead Chris. Okay, go ahead. Uh, well, I, I just. Um, I wanted to my, my question. Next question was actually off topic, Craig. It, it actually has uh, more to do with what uh, what he's favored so far in what he's driven or what track. But uh, what do you have? Well, no, that's kind of where I was going with it. So, Seth, um, go ahead, Chris. Ask your question because that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so you've had experiences in these different rides and stuff. And we tried to find out what was more natural for you, whether or not it was the dirt car or the asphalt car, which one really challenged you more. What what race car or what uh, what ty- what has challenged you the most so far in your endeavor? That's a hard one. Um, man, the truck, I've just been learning so much with Kurt Britt and the, and the truck. He's just been teaching me so much that, I mean, I thought I knew, but I guess I didn't. And Kurt's been teaching me all this stuff, and truck's been super challenging. But I'm starting to get the hang of it. I'm starting to get these all a bunch of these wins. I mean, I've got three wins so far this season. And um, you know, yeah, the truck's got to be up there with it. But uh, front car has been pretty difficult. Uh, although it kind of felt like it caught on a little bit, but there was also, I mean. I never thought about it, but there's so much brake you have to use in those things to get sideways. You're never fully lifting out the gas. You're just you're just riding the brake along the turn, and it's just so everything everything that I've driven so technical that it's just really hard to describe which one's the toughest or the one that's giving me the biggest challenge. But the truck's got to be up there. It's just taught me so much in those things. I think the I think what I'm getting uh, is he's up for the challenge, Craig. I think that's what I'm taking away from this. Uh, Chad. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if he's up for the challenge, could we see if possible if things add up? Could we see him uh, get into the snowball derby when that comes along? Oh, the snowball. Oh. Yeah. That's up scale. Me. They also have. They also have the what is it? It's not the snowball. It's the snow slinger national. Uh, it's, yeah, it's it, well, it's, the, it's the smaller series. Yes, yeah, the snowflake. Yes, yeah, the snowflake and the snowball. Uh, what what is that? Is that in the future? So our plan this year is to run the snowball in the truck. But um, I mean, I also love to run uh, the snowflake this year too. And just we're just looking for opportunities to just to turn up, and as soon as we get it, I'll take it. But, uh, yeah, Snowflake will definitely be a goal. Uh, we're going to run the snowball in the truck this year for sure, but we're going to need some financial help. That. 
if you had to focus on one of these divisions and you really kind of just gather a certain ranking in that, what would you what what division would you handpick? Would you handpick a late model asphalt? Would you handpick a a super late model uh, a race car? Maybe a street stock or a modified? Maybe a certain division USMCS or ASCS sprint car? Where where would you where would you say okay I want to spend this amount of time in this division and learn from it? Where where would that be at if you could handpick? If I gotta choose one, it'll have to be super late model just because late models they're so technical you just learn so much from them like i said discipline uh you learn respect on the track you learn how to how to drive them um and they're just just from what i know they're super difficult the competition's really really up there i just went to the um southern super series race at cordial uh just recently with uh jeff campbell and the number 77 um, hometown lenders theory super car but um, yeah, I mean, super late models definitely have to be has to be number one, just because I learn I would learn so much, or I feel like I would learn so much running them and running against like, for example, Corey Heim, um, Stephen Nasty, uh, Jake Garcia being up there, and I, I just learned so much. I feel like that's where I'd that's where I'd want to where I'd want to go. So Seth, you mentioned that you look up to Kyle Larson. Are there any other mm-hmm. drivers that you look up to? Um, Jake Garcia, like I said earlier, he came from quarter midget, uh, I believe out of Monroe, Georgia is where he's from. Wow. But, uh, he yeah, used to race yeah, at, yeah. yeah. He used to race at, uh, Metro Atlanta quarter midget association, right up at Lanier bunch. He used to race at North Georgia. But yeah, I mean, look where he's at. He's running pro late models super late models pretty much every week it feels like so i mean just to be up there right racing against him would be awesome but like coming up for him coming out of quarter midgets going into all these things going straight into late models winning a track championship at five flags is what i've seen and all these cool things that he's done i think he's got to be up there with with kyle well and that's not a name that you hear outside of the realm so that's really cool that you admire Mm -hmm. Uh, somebody uh, of that status. Uh, we're, we're getting ready to close the interview. Uh, do you have any final questions for our guest, Seth Christensen? Um, yeah, so you got – so I want to touch base on the social media deal. Is there – social media is obviously, like, it's hard to grow a presence on social media sometimes, especially nowadays. With how – um, how big your social media presence is? Is there any, um, is there any like social media, like people that you kind of look at and say, hey, I kind of like what they're doing. Maybe I should try it. But of course, you know, you gotta throw your own twist into things. But is there like certain people that you like mm-hmm. eyeball into that helps with your social media kind of? Um, we've kind of been open to looking at other people, like what they've been doing. I mean, how much traction it's been gaining. Like, I'll say we'll go to this one guy who posted something about this and, hey, that didn't work out. So we got to figure yeah. out what went wrong with that. And then we'll go to somebody else that did something that, let's say I got 10,000 likes or something ridiculous. And we'll figure out what they right. did to get that amount of likes and put our twist on it. 
and then just stay away from whatever that other person did wrong and just try to keep repeating that yeah. over and over again just to gain people and just to have a presence, like you said, and um, just, yeah. But Taz, yeah, I mean, you're right on the money, right? Like, we can name so many of them on the front, right? Chase Holland Racing. Oh, yeah. Uh, dirt Fanatics. Uh, 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 let's, you know, continue the, continue the roller coaster. Uh, these guys have all built a strong social media presence. And you, you kind of dig in and you see where they're going wrong and what they're – or maybe it's a new platform, right? Like, when I first started this 10 years ago, TikTok wasn't even around. Now to tap into the younger generation, you kind of have to have a TikTok account. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I've been looking up to, I've been watching all Wendell Speed Labs uh, YouTube videos, uh, just watching like how they have these like little vlogs with uh, Gavin Bochel, uh Chase uh, and Chase and Chris um, Rebel. Have they been going with him to Millbridge and up north and all that? Just like watching what they're doing. Like let's say they just they make a cool montage in the beginning of, like, going out for hot laps or track, uh, or packing the track or just something like that. I just I, I always try to incorporate whatever they do, or I always, like, have ideas of, like, what we can do at the track the next weekend. And, yeah, just keep repeating that, repeating out until we finally gain traction. I wanted to be known right here, Craig and Taz, Millbridge is obviously the greatest dirt track to ever go to that I've never heard of up until about six months ago. So, obviously, I was behind the ball up uh, outside the loop or something, but there's a 14-year-old kid on our show, Race Chat Live, talking about Millbridge, and literally this has got to be the most awesome place to ever go watch a dirt race uh, because I'm hearing from so many different directions, like that that is pinpointed as a very famous spot. So, I'm just kind of bringing y'all up to date in case you didn't know or have not ever heard about Millbridge. Uh, Seth Christensen, it has been an honor uh, to have you on Race Chat Live here tonight. Hopefully we made you feel at home. Hopefully we we sent you some friendly questions. Um, As we close out here, uh, if you'll go through your sponsors and where we can find you on social media. Uh, that'll 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 help us out and help our listeners out uh, a lot. Oh yeah! First of all, thank you guys so much for having me. This is a blast. Just to talk about just racing stuff, you know. I mean, it's always always super fun for me. But um, yeah, I've got a good list of people to thank and that have made this possible. To be able or possible to talk to you, possible to race, all these things I've been doing. Kurt Motorsports has got to be up there on that list. He's helped me. Just he's taught me so much throughout racing with him this year and a little bit of last year. Just his knowledge alone is priceless. Freight Auctions has been really good help for us this year. They've been funding us for a little bit. Uh, Five Flags and at Cordial, Georgia, at Chris Motorsports Park, have been helping us a bunch of the trucks. Uh, Z-Maxers Products has been giving us a whole bunch of good stuff. Buzzy Racing has been giving us a great deal of stuff, too. Can't thank them enough. But... Yeah, and thanks to my mom and dad for putting up with this crazy hobby of mine. <laughs> for sure, it, it takes the mom and dad, right? I mean, for sure, that's a that's a that's a guarantee when you're 14 years old. Um, Seth, you are great, right. man, and we we feel like uh, there's a lot of potential uh, where you're at, and you just keep digging, man, and doing the best that you can, and getting as much experience 
uh, as you can as possible. And, and the, those good things, they're going to start falling your way. I believe that I think uh, Taz and uh, Craig uh, can both agree oh, absolutely. as well. I think we need uh, to get him yeah. back on in March. All right, yes, definitely, definitely. We'll, uh, all right, well, it sounds good. We'll set it up. We'll have you back on uh, in March. We only have 10 episodes left uh, for this season, uh, but we would be glad to bring you in uh, as we kick things back off in the 2023 race season. We'll kind of get up to date where where you are and uh, what you've got going on. So uh, it's been great talking to you, Seth. Oh, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This is a blast. All right, man. Thank you. We're looking forward to talking to you again. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Good night, sir. Bye-bye. Good night. All right, the multi-talented. Uh, wow. Seth is 14 years old. We have uh, is, is up for the challenge for anything, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, well, Chris, I just found something out. His dad just okay. told me in chat that he has a 10-year-old brother that uh, races as much as he does. Oh, Lord. Well, we'll have to get him on, too. Brother rivalry. So we're going to have to do a double shot next March. Yeah, that's cool, hey, man. Can we, awesome. we can see the We can see the uh, the future uh, Bush rival, brother great. rivalry in the making. Yeah. Great, uh, great pull there, Craig. Uh, awesome. Lockdown on that uh, on that kid and bringing him on here. Uh, we've had several guests this year that uh, really looking forward uh, to bringing back on. I hope I hope we're being honest ourselves when we say we're going to bring these guys back on because uh, I really uh, I really do want to keep contact with several of these guests. And Craig, you, you've just gotten better over the years on bringing in some really legit cool uh, guests, and I, we've hit and missed on some. Uh, but this year, man, I, I have to give it to you, hands down. It's been the best guest season on Race Chat Live. Even we've had some high-profile people on at times. But this year, altogether, we have had solid guests almost every single time that we've brought somebody on. So uh, uh, good job on you and, and learning that, that part of the business and and uh, being able to scout uh, some really good interviews uh, for Race Chat Live. So just the, the hats off to you, man, seriously. I, I know I bust your balls on a lot of things, but uh, but on that, I have to give credit where credit's due. Um, yeah, yeah, Brendan as well. Uh, yeah, and he said he could be a fill-in, too, on uh, some things. So uh, we've definitely got to go out and reach out to these contacts that we've made this year because I feel like, you know, this year, hands down, we've really nailed it on that, uh, on that side of uh, of things, uh, we're closing in on the end of our discussions here tonight. We're in our last half hour. I believe it is time for. I think it's black flag checker flag. Um, yeah, buddy. It is. It is. It's black flag checker flag. So I'll start things off. Uh, I'll give the checker flag to Nat, uh, to the network. For playing into Sunday at 10 o'clock. Like, uh, I, I feel like they were the ones that said, look, NASCAR, we know that it's going to rain. It's Florida. We need to start this race early. That way we get we get some laps down. It's most important. I, just to, I can only imagine with those 20 laps to go, how many people turned in, tuned in to the race at the last minute uh, to watch the, the final 20-lap shootout uh, if they could find it on TV. I, I'm almost 
100% positive we gained viewership on Sunday for the fact that the race resumed at basically 3 o'clock in the afternoon uh, for a 20-lap shootout. I believe NBC did a great job with their coverage. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I, it left me completely, completely satisfied on uh, the network side of things. As much as I've bitched about Fox, I love the fact that I'm able to give a checker flag uh, to the NBC and the network for calling uh, the calls that they made. Uh, Black flag, uh, this could be, you know, it could be controversial. Um, It really doesn't have anything to do with NASCAR. Um, Look, racing is the most awesome thing in the whole world. Like, I love racing. And occasionally at the racetrack, we see a fight break out, right? That's, that's just what happened. It's been a long life hell for a long time. I showed up to a fight and a race broke out. And my black flag, it shouldn't even have to be mentioned here tonight, but somebody got murdered at a racetrack a, a couple of days ago. They were shot and killed. I don't know the full story. I don't even know if this person knew the person. I really don't know enough about the story. But if I can say one thing, and one thing only, it's a sport, guys. You know, two weeks ago, it was in the news that a football player's brother shot and killed a coach because they didn't agree with the call. Now, this week, you know, last week we had the Southern Street Stock Nationals where there was a fight between a driver who somebody threw a beer can at his daughter and he actually, the guy who threw the beer can was man enough to face the guy that he threw the beer can out in a race car. And they, they duked it out in the pits and mano, mano to mano, you know, it was settled. That was the perfect example of what's great. And then this week we get news that somebody was shot and killed at a racetrack. Guys, it's not that serious. So my mm-hmm. black flag goes to anybody who thinks it's, it's so serious that they have to take somebody's life. That's just, there's no, there's no place for that in racing. Never has been, never will be. Racing is supposed to be fun. If you're not having fun, go find something else to do. Nobody is forcing you to participate in the sport. So if it's not fun and all you want to do is argue with, with officials, all you want to do is thirst on the track, all you want to do is cause ruckus and, and, and make enemies. Go find something else to do. Because I want I want our racetrack to be a safe place and a fun place to be at. Sorry for the long, drawn, blown out, whatever. I had to get that off my mind. Nick. All right, I'll go. We'll save Taz's for last. Um, my checkered flag has to go to... Uh, as, and I agree with you, Chris, the network, that was a brilliant play on time uh, to start it to ensure that they could get it in. Um, you know, I mean, listen, it's on USA Network, which means if you subscribe to Peacock, you can watch the replay. You didn't have to use your DVR. Um, my black flag goes to NASCAR. For not calling a friggin' caution and allowing a multitude of cars to wreck. <laughs> I mean, I, I 
I fully agree with your black flag 100%. Uh, there is no need for that. There is no room for that in this sport. Um, but In any sport. You know, it's, it's, it, that's a bunch of BS. And I hope to God well, that they throw the book at that person. They throw the key away. And, uh, you know, there's no need for that whatsoever. But getting back to my black flag, I just think NASCAR could have handled it a little better. Um, you know, a lot of good cars got wrecked. And it, it was setting up to be a hell of a finish. And, you know, so go ahead, Taz. All right, my black flag, I got two of them. One goes to NASCAR's Craig mentioned with the rain deal. Should have thrown the caution. You had enough eyes on the damn thing. Somebody should have known. And my second one, and I'm not throwing the blame at Kurt Busch because it's not his fault by any means necessary, and I hope he recovers well and soon. Um, but if... He actually stayed in the playoff field. My bold prediction from, like, what was it, Chris? Like, two weeks ago, before, right before Watkins Glen, would have been would have been 100% accurate. So I'm a little yeah. upset my bold prediction didn't really happen. <laughs> black flag. Checker flag. All right. Uh, checker flag, well... I guess I'll throw it to Mr. Rhinestone Cowboy, Austin Dillon, for making me eat my words. Very good. Very, very good. Hey, again, it's all being in the right place at the right time. So it's supposed to be throwback weekend at Darlington. It's going to be our first Not necessarily. It used to be. Oh, the chase. It used to be. It should still be, and unfortunately... Um, I think that it has somehow been moved to the first race of Darlington. I don't know why. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Darlington strike, this is a big one. This is the Southern 500. This is a marquee uh, race, one that uh, all drivers circle on their career to-do list to win one of these. Um, what do you guys thought coming into the first race of the chase? Well, I think that um, I think it's kind of funny. I've not seen any real throwback uh, schemes, and it's supposed to, you know. I, I just I think Darlington is a wild card to start the chase. That's that's my opinion. I mean, hell, you might as well just put Talladega in here, and it'd be the same thing. I think you're gonna see. I think you're gonna see some wild racing. You're going to see the back marker. I shouldn't say back marker team. You're going to see 12 through 16 take some chances that they probably wouldn't normally take. I think you're going to see some suspensions come out of Darlington. I think that 12 12 through 16 seeded teams are going to take some chances that they wouldn't necessarily take and hope that they don't get caught. At Darlington, I think we'll see some... We'll see a lot of one-groove racing for sure because that's what Darlington is, but um, expect some um, big names to maybe struggle. But this is, but like Craig said, this is this is kind of a wild card. I would say this is a wild card for this round. 
um, being at Bristol, you know, short track, and then Kansas, the mile-and-a-half deal. And I believe Talladega is going to be in the next round, if not the round after. I know they return to Talladega. The next round. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, we got a we got a Talladega. Uh, well, the race is on the second, so if that helps you out. So we got of October. So we got a little bit of time for Dega, but I but yeah, Darlington the wild card. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of drivers in this playoff field that have a good chance of winning and securing their spot in the in the round of twelve. And of course, you know we've been to Darlington once before, and there were some easy front runners that didn't get a good finish uh, last time out, and they're looking to uh, rebound from that and get a good finish this time around and get themselves a, a good start in the playoffs. You know, All what's right. going to be real sad is if you see a Martin Truex Jr. come out to Darlington and whack the field. This could be uh, this is a strong track for JGR. It's also a strong track for Ford as well, so it's uh, it is a toss up. Uh, I, I'm having a hard time right now uh, picking my and pick RCR. of who I want. I definitely, I definitely feel like uh, um, Joey Logano has a really good chance here. I also yeah, feel he won like Denny uh, Hamlin and Christopher Bell. May have a good chance because this is not this is not a this is not an easy track, right? This is this is where talent has to weigh in, and we've seen the Harvick run well here. We watched Kelly Arbrough, you know, back in the years, the Silver Fox. Uh, this race has been won by the elite uh, throughout Darlington's uh, tenure on the on the circuit, and that's been for a very very long time. Uh, this is a track of muscle. It is the truck track too tough to change. Uh, so most of the time, our winners are guys who really know how to drive the wheels off the car. Um, you know, what are we going to see from track house? This is this is the moment to put up or shut up, right? This is the moment where Ross Chastain he had a great first half of the season. He has been in a lot of incidents in the second half of the season of the regular season, and he has not been as hot over the last five or six races as what he was beforehand. Mm-hmm. There's some racers that are peaking. There's some racers that are uh, on the cold side, and I think Darlington is that perfect uh, whirlpool that will mix it all together and start spitting out some uh, some results uh, pretty soon. So I guess are we ready for our picks? Yeah, buddy. Uh, it looks like guys, I've kind of uh, yep. first started first. closing in on y'all. You know, I've been I've been knocking on the door. This, this well, if it wasn't for you up. winning, if it wasn't for you winning the, uh, the bet we had of a senior racing experience, if uh, it wasn't you, for me picking the guy that literally literally wrecks in the first fifteen laps of every race, I think I would be waxing y'all's ass. But unfortunately, I've had the curse of Miss Lee this year. <laughs> and every driver I pick winds up being the first guy wrecked out with the fastest car. So, I mean, I've I've had my share of bad luck. Let's just hope in these last 10 races of the season, the last 10 
well, cup races of the season. And I can have a few Xfinity and a few truck races that can help me out as well, that I'll be able to close this 100-point gap or better uh, and, and at least finish somewhere in mid-pack. Jesus, I mean, I have been toting the rear uh, near about the whole season, uh, which kind of leaves me in a situation where I, it's a toss-up between Joey Logano and Christopher Bell. Like, who do I really think is going to be Joey Logano? He's a defending uh, race winner here, so we know that they run well. Ryan Blaney, who I think could be a, a legitimate threat for the championship. Christopher Bell, some of us were trying to eliminate him in the chase. Um, Kevin Harvick, man, I mean, he's been on such a hell of a run. It's really hard. And I want I want to make sure that I'm maximizing my point uh, as I try to close in on y'all. So my picks are not going to be necessarily the guy that can win. I think that I've got to go with more of the guy that I feel like is going to collect me the most points. Joey Logano. Mm-hmm. I have to go with Joey Logano. I feel like Christopher Bell is the real threat here, but I've got to I've got to play it safe, man. I got to go with Joey Logano. And on my Xfinity side, uh, Noah Gregson. Next. All right, so I have. The same pick as Chris for Xfinity, which is Gregson. And for the cup side, although he did not have the performance he wanted uh, when we were at Darlington earlier this year, he's won at this track four times. He did lead some laps the last time we were here. And he's still on the quest for that cup, that prestigious cup championship. And he was red hot at the start of the playoffs last year. And he... Could so well do that again this year. I'm going with the hamster. <clears throat> That's your short track right You know, I, I do want to put in right now that next year a new rule for the chase. During the chase season, once the chase starts, we you pick a guy and, and they're off the table. I, I want to, I want to, I want to make it even better for next year and 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 give this more of a playoff feel. So next year, whoever's, whoever's first pick will actually have it, have an advantage going into the playoff season because literally y'all can stop me from going up the charts just because you can pick the guy that I picked. But anyway, we'll, we'll figure that out for next year. It's too late to change the rules for this year. Next. So this leaves Craig. So we're just doing cup now, right? No cup and infinity. No cup, cup right, and no. infinity. All right, so for Xfinity, I've been staring at this entry list. I'm a little pissed off at the way that Almendinger behaved last week in his interview. Yeah, we didn't even get to that. We didn't get to Jeremy Clement. No. No. Um, Almendinger acted like a little bitch. And so he was going to be my pick. But I am going to go with Ty Gibbs for the Xfinity Series. As a matter of fact, I hope that Almendinger don't even make the final round in the playoffs. 
just because that was totally uncalled for. And my cup pick is going to be somebody not even in the chase because I think that's going to happen early. Well, he was close to my cup pick, but I'm going to go at the 10 car. Don't call me Tom Brady Jr., Eric Almirola. What? For the victory. Eric Brady. Oh, Lord, double A. Double A MCO. What a joke. I almost thought you were going to say Eric Jones, not going to lie. I thought about that, too. I would, I, I would have went to the bullpen and brought in Zane Smith before I went with two more years of the double-A battery. All right. So yeah. we got Mr. CJ for his picks. And you think Gregson and Chase Elliott. Hey, Jack. Of course. Miss Lee said uh, Logano for a cup pick. And uh, apparently she was in the same boat as Craig for Xfinity. So the question is, will she stick to that boat or will she go the different route? Some tells me she's going to go a different route because she's whooping our butts. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to stick with you. Okay. So there you have it, folks. There's our pick. Hey, what was her cup pick? Because I, I want to change Logano. my Xfinity pick. I'm, ch- I'm changing. Oh, my gosh, Miss Lee. Oh. So I'm changing my Xfinity pick. I feel like too many people got Greg's, and I'm going to go with Barry. Okay. I can't gain any ground if everybody's picking what the, my pick. So. Uh, but I'm, I, I have to go with – I have to stay with Logano. So, me and Miss hey, Lee – I'm not challenging Miss Lee yet. So, I got to knock original, My original cup pick was Happy Harvick. That's who I was thinking. I would have picked All pick Guy for Xfinity, but – I would have picked All Guy for Xfinity, but it's hard to win back-to-back at, day, at Darlington. But we can all agree, Junior Motorsports is uh, definitely uh, the, the the powerhouse of the Xfinity, except when Ty Gibbs doesn't wreck or cause a wreck or get wrecked, whatever. Ty Gibbs, you know, talented race car driver. Can't wait to see what he can do in the Cup Series. All right, so that's the pick. Uh, make sure that it's noted that I changed my pick from Gregson to Barry. I'm probably gonna. I'm probably gonna eat crow. I got it for that. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. I, I can eat crow. Well, guys, it's been great. It's been awesome here tonight. It's race chat live. Uh, I think the only thing we've got left is uh, possibly uh, Monday's headlines today. Um. Lady in Black sparks the Cup Series playoffs. Ooh, I like that. And I left that open for a reason. (laughs) Putting putting in the work. 
you know, Labor Day, putting in the work. Joey Logano sees himself in the uh, – I'm really going with Logano here. So he's the representation of Ford. Greg, Monday's headlines today? Monday's headlines today. Non-cup playoff driver dominates at Darlington. I was hoping somebody would say we know where Kyle Busch is going, but obviously we are still going to uh, be guessing in another week where Kyle Busch is going. It's been fun. It's been great. Uh, Race fans, we want to thank you for listening to the show, our loyal fans. Uh, Hopefully we gained a few new uh, listeners here tonight with the Seth Christensen Racing uh, interview. Um, I believe there's a T-shirt or something on the line here, right? Uh, Somebody, uh, I think that uh, there's supposed to be a T-shirt given away. We'll we'll check into that. Um, Going instinct more, less on stats, pulling it out in the ass, actually. I love you, Miss Lee. You are pulling them out your ass this year for sure. Um, I think last year it was kind of uh, the front was the opposite. Like this year, Miss Lee's in the front and I'm in the back. I think last year it was it was the opposite. So uh, we kind of switched we've switched sides here. But hey, I've closed the gap within within here. So if I can run a good little string, I I, I hopefully can at least uh, come up the board one or two spots. Um. I mean, I don't have anything else. You guys, y'all got anything? No, I don't have how about, nothing. How about Jeremy Clements? How about Jeremy Clements thinking that he's going to the chase and then uh, and then getting screwed uh, because of a, a manifold? How about the Cody Ware cars finishing both in the top ten? Um, Where's Cody? For the first time in the for the first time in uh, the thirty in the Cup uh, Charter System history. Uh, has all cars finished, all charter cars finished in the top ten in a single season. Um, Austin Cendrick uh, finished, was finished the first and third, was the only NASCAR Cup Series driver to record top five finishes in both points paying events at Daytona International Speedway this season. Cendrick uh, becomes the only, only the second NASCAR Cup Series rookie in history to accomplish this. The first one was Jeff Gordon in 1993. Uh, I touched a tweet real quick. I'll never get Austin Dillon hate. People loathe NASCAR nepotism unless their favorite driver benefits. Four cup wins achieved by less than 100 drivers in 75 years and less than a third of today's grid. Truck and Xfinity titles. Fifth playoff. Hall of Famer, no but better than so many. That is uh, talking about, that is from Ryan McGee talking about the accomplishments of Austin Dillon. All right. I'm going to give it to you, Chad, to close out the show. We'll be back next Tuesday night. All right, folks. Thank you, everyone, for listening in to Blog Talk Radio, a race chat live here on Tuesday night. We got to thank our sponsors, Phoenix Fitness, Bears Bullish Market Group, and, of course, Carolina Sports Plus. Of course, if you can't catch us live every Tuesday night here on Blog Talk Radio, you can listen to us anytime on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS Feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, GeoSaven, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Podchaser, YouTube, 
and podpage.com. We want to thank you all for listening in and tuning in to our Facebook live feed as well. We'll see you next Tuesday night at Race Chat Live. This has been the Costa Flag Radio, Chris Creighton, the DJ Music Man, Craig Moore on the Tasmanian Devil Flaggers. Taz Taylor saying good night, folks, and enjoy your rhinestone cowboy rendition for the week. Good night, everybody. Just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they were born Straightening the curve Flattening the hill Someday the mountain might kill him But the law never will Making their way Just a little bit more than the noble life. Just a good old boy. Wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.